0: Fight back with Libby Zneimert on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. It's a passenger's worst nightmare. ISIS supporters working at the most sensitive spots in the airport. Now, I have to admit, I've often wondered how good are the clearances for the people who check our bags and do all of those things to make sure that we're safe when we fly. Well, now, according to a report that aired an investigative report on the Quebec-based French language station TVA. Several employees at the airport were stripped of their security clearances due to radicalization and support for the Islamic State. The investigation found that one employee with airport security clearance reportedly shared Islamic State Propaganda videos, including videos of torture and murder. Another one suggested that the November 2015 massacre in Paris should be replicated. And uh, one of the radicalized employees reportedly had direct access to runways and aircrafts. And incredibly, apparently is still there. He's just been moved to a different spot perhaps a little further away from runways and aircrafts. Uh, The company that operates the Montreal airport has not responded to this. But right now, let's go to David Harris, the director of the International Intelligence Program at Insignia Strategic Research. Hello, David. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Libby. What do you make of
2: this? Well, it's obviously a very complicated, fraught situation on a number of levels, and uh, all the more loaded, I guess, with the fact that it emerges uh, roughly a year after the terrible airport bombing in Belgium. Um, It it really has any number of things that I think a number of people have been concerned about for many years. The uh, Canadian Parliamentary Senate Committee, years ago, had been warning about the access that certain individuals might be able to find who might be terror-oriented terror, or, terror oriented, uh, to the aircraft. To the, the area of baggage was always considered a, a main weakness and risk, and of course now we have some elaborations on that kind of theme. Um, in 2007, 10 years ago, interestingly enough, there was the JFK uh, bomb plot, and this was an episode that suggested in the context of the big New York airport, what the art of the possible might be when people were convicted on the basis of uh, plotting to uh, blow up uh, aircraft fuel systems, some of which uh, were connected to pipelines that went underneath parts of the city of New York in advance. So... You know, when you look at that, you can see some of the potential. And it also gets you into these challenging issues of trying to distinguish what may be undesirable but perfectly legal expressions of uh, our Charter Section 2 right of free expression on the one hand and terrorism, of course, grossly illegal on the other Um, You've got, therefore, human rights issues. We probably haven't heard from all of the lawyers yet on this kind of issue. Maybe that explains in part why somebody may still be hanging on uh, with employment in that context, who uh, might not otherwise be considered uh, the most desirable of individuals. Is,
1: Is it a problem that the screening isn't proper? Is there a problem, perhaps, with political correctness?
2: Oh, there may well be. Um, I don't know the details, uh, of course, of some of this material. It's been withheld. It was the result of some fairly sensitive investigation in the first place. But one thing that the broadcaster TVA appears to have related is the possibility that one or more individuals... Uh, only arrived in Canada a few uh, months before getting a relatively sensitive job at the airport. Um, That then immediately raises some questions about our capacity to screen in meaningful ways, not just in nominal rubber stamping kinds of ways, but in meaningful ways uh, for extremist, radical, or even terroristic uh, activity in the days when someone was well beyond our own jurisdiction. And depending on the country you might be talking about abroad, you could be uh, dealing with all kinds of risk factors. I mean, if you just think to take a popular example of uh, a country like Syria or Iraq, I mean, what do you do as a domestic security authority trying to look at someone who's come from... That kind of area. You can't phone up the local chief of police and say, Is there a radicalism problem with this individual? Or does the individual have a criminal record bearing on terrorism? In some states, if you were to make such a phone call, you'd probably actually be less confident rather than more confident if you received a glowing review of the individual. I mean, well, think of a great terrorist sponsoring country like Iran. If the chief of police there tells you everything's just A-OK, you might want to really uh, reflect on that.
1: Well, is it, I mean, beyond the realm of the possible to require people in these jobs to be citizens or to be naturalized Canadians rather than hiring somebody who's just arrived? I mean, I'm assuming that there is a level of political correctness where people are saying we can't discriminate against somebody who's just
2: come from Syria. That could play a part. I mean, we've seen almost wholly politicized the uh, refugee intake, uh, mammoth 40,000 or so over the last year from Syria, presumably the bulk of whom will be perfectly reasonable people. But uh, if anybody seriously suggests that the kinds of comprehensive screening that would be minimally necessary uh, can be guaranteed in that context, it's in my respectful view, an absurdity, and, and particularly if you look at the fact, just to take that as one tiny aspect of the much broader issue, um, you know, there was a, an opinion survey done by, I think it was in an Arab Gulf state, um, and they found that about 13% of uh, Syrian refugees then in uh, Lebanon, uh, Turkey, and possibly another jurisdiction supported ISIS. Now, I don't know what support means in that context, but it doesn't seem to argue very well, and gets you into all kinds of detailed questions. Um, Would you have enough confidence perhaps to bring them into the country? Maybe. Would you have enough confidence to uh, give them uh, almost exclusive access to your children's baggage compartment in the next aircraft they're going to be taking? That may be a different uh, level of analysis required. Uh, We've got to be very realistic about these things. Uh, We've certainly found some fairly radical organizations here in Canada It has been pushing the uh, Islamophobia narrative, uh, a narrative that has been challenged by many uh, moderate Muslims uh, who are loyal. Well,
1: exactly. Like you can't you can't say anything before uh, being accused of of being Islamophobic. It's, uh, you know, kind of political correctness. Run amok! Uh, I'm going to go to the phones. Before I go, let's give uh, the numbers again: four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. We're talking about an investigative report from TVA in Quebec about. People, supporters of ISIS getting security clearance at the airport, and actually uh, at least uh, a couple of them were found out and their security clearance is taken, but we've got people still working at the airport, and uh, to me that is uh, extremely disturbing. Uh, before we take call, I uh, just want to make a point. I've just come back from India and at the airport there, there are kind of three levels of security. You walk in before you can get to the counter. You've got to put your check bags through a very uh, serious x-ray machine. Uh, then you have your bag scanned. And then this really surprised me. Uh, when you got to the gate, there was another whole screening process. Uh, So I'm wondering, David Harris, uh, do you think that is a good way to go, just adding more layers of security at different spots close close to boarding the flight?
2: Yes, this is an approach uh, known as redundant security for obvious reasons. And it can be useful because, of course, you can catch things that might have been missed, so you're diminishing uh, the risk factors. It also could be useful, and this is perhaps a more skeptical approach when it comes to uh, the discipline of intelligence, to uh, try to ensure that you have some kind of insurance against the possibility of an insider threat. In other words, the possibility that the ranks of your own screeners could themselves be infiltrated by enemy. And this is something that we need to take a very, very serious and mature look at. We're focusing on a situation here at the airport in Montreal that may be the tip of a rather large uh, iceberg. Uh, We've had any number of complaints for years from concerned Muslims who have been worried that police forces themselves may have been compromised by uh, recruiting that may have included here and there, not often, but here and there, people of possible radical Islamist uh, inclination. And we, people like you and I, have been heavily conditioned to imagine that police are our fallback, emergency services are our fallback, they're reliable, Uh, they're... uh, the basic organizational integrity can be counted on with of course uh, the, the occasional warts in view, but when you have the sorts of dramatic demographic shifts that we've seen with many people coming in from countries that are frankly problematic to our public safety and national security, then eventually our organizations will tend to reflect the uh, makeup of our population. And if that includes people who ideologically are problematic, they will be in those uh, forces as well. Okay, Uh, uh,
1: sorry. Uh, uh, Let's just uh, take a call from uh, Simone in Parkdale. Hi, Simone. Hi there this has been a long-standing problem with the airport I
3: remember uh, years ago when there was controversy about uh, members of biker gangs there that they were hiring and um, uh, you, know, you know we all know what they were involved in drugs and so on and so forth and uh, so this was a, um, a you know place where they could uh, you know do a lot of uh, uh, smuggling and things like that and now they've got this we've been we're a very lax country because multicultural we become become so sensitive about everything uh, you know you wouldn't do this in Israel that's for sure and I think they should have experts from Israel come in in and tell them how to do things because obviously they don't know what they're doing. They're endangering uh, uh,
1: passengers. And they don't seem to know any better. Oh, exactly. And you know, I just remembered a fourth level of security on the flight, uh-huh. and it was a bit of a it was a bit of a problem because it didn't have Wi Fi, and the boarding passes were on Wi Fi, so they did not let us into the terminal mm-hmm. without a boarding pass. And um, because we couldn't get them up on our devices, there was one door one uh door into the terminal where there was a passenger list and we had to go with all our stuff to that particular door and they had to check us with our passports on the passenger list and otherwise you weren't getting into that terminal so uh again that was four levels of security before we got onto a flight from delhi and uh I had no issue with that. That's I thought, well, wow, that's that's great. Yeah, they've had they've had
3: uh, bombings in India too, so that's yeah. why they're extra careful. Now I remember years and years ago the sixty Minutes, uh, Israeli airplanes landing in the American airports. They had their own cleaners, even they wouldn't let anybody on the, on the plane except their own cleaners who clean the plane. And, uh, and it showed the contrast with the American uh, airlines. You know, anybody could practically go in the planes and they could even put a bomb in there. But that was uh, that's how careful they were. So uh, I say, you know, hire somebody. From if you not what you're doing
1: okay well i i is it, it, it let, thank you very much yeah, for that well, you're welcome simone thank so you. uh you know before um we go uh david harris uh do you agree with that assessment that we don't know what our what we're doing or is the montreal airport a a bad apple or is this just a case of a uh, you know people slipping through the cracks
2: uh, i suspect montreal is not as rare as we'd want to imagine And we should always have with us the memory that Canada made history years ago, 1985, the Air India bombing, the biggest uh, civil airline bombing disaster ever in history until 9-11. And that bomb was put on board in Canada through the baggage. Processes have changed, presumably one hopes to cover the kinds of risks that were involved there, but there are other kinds of risks, and the same could be achieved today in certain situations. We've, uh, We've got to be aware of that and be humbled by it.
1: Okay, that is all the time we have for this. David Harris, thanks so much for joining us. A pleasure, Libby.